He was a morbidly obese surgeon destined for an operating table and an early death. Now he's a rebel MD who is fabulously fit and fighting to make America healthy again. This is Stay Off My Operating Table with Dr. Philip Ovedia. And we're live. Um, and apparently there's something wrong with my picture and we'll deal with that on an, at another time. This is the Stay Off My Operating Table podcast, Dr. Philip Ovedia. I'm the co-host, Jack Heald. And Phil, uh, this is, I know in the two years we've been doing this show, we've never had a Swedish bikini, a carnivore Swedish bikini chef. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest? Yeah, I would I would definitely say we've never had one because I believe our guest is the only is the only one that I know of, at least. Uh maybe there are more out there. But uh Kim uh is really um, you know, I just love the way uh that she is spreading her message. Uh and it's a message of positivity. And uh she really uh just um, you know, fascinating person. I've I've been really fortunate to connect with her and talk with her. Uh she has an upcoming book and a, a film project that we're gonna talk about. Uh, but excited to uh introduce our audience to her. So, Kim, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to be a carnivore Swedish bikini chef. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. <laughs> so, hi, um, I'm Kem Minnick, and I uh, switched to a more meat, what I call a more meat diet. In my book, is Eat Meat, Be Happy: Recipes for a More Meat Diet. I'm a chef. I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I don't even play one on TV. So, I came into this as a yoga instructor. I made a leap from being a professional equestrian at the age of 30 into uh, physical personal training. And I moved from Texas to Colorado to take a job with the city of Boulder, teaching yoga and being a personal trainer. So when I got here and I, I got very serious about a yoga program, I was told by my, you know, very spiritual yoga teacher that we all had to be vegetarian. Um, I got here feeling really strong, super happy, super healthy. And I tried a vegetarian diet and my health just slowly went downhill. And then I tried a vegan diet. 37. So between the ages of 32 and 37, I had five years of vegetarianism before I went vegan raw food. And then I was so sick. As, as Dr. Obedi and I were talking, I developed ventricular tachycardia. My body was eating its own heart on a vegan diet. So I had to, my, my wonderful cardiologist told me what was wrong, but he didn't tell me how to fix it. So it was before Sean, Sean Baker and Ken Berry, it was, and I wasn't even online. So I just had to come up with uh, a, a diet plan. I call it the tryptophan diet plan. Okay. I love it. The tryptophan diet plan. So expand on that. That's, that sounds fun. Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, what I was experiencing as a 39 year old woman getting ready to turn 40, who was uh, uh, practicing a, a vegan vegetarian uh, raw food diet for two years from 37 to 39. I just got so, so, so sick. And at 39 was when I went to the cardiologist and I still waited two more years before I made the switch problems. I started to have were the heart palpitations, um, not knowing I didn't have any iron. 
you know, a lot of, uh, I went to a very expensive osteopath, you know, with a very expensive stool sample and selling me, wants to sell me very expensive, you know, all kinds of everything. And, and I'm taking this thorn zinc that's giving me anemia because it's attaching itself to non-heme iron. So what attaching I- itself, Attaching itself to what? Non-heme iron. So uh, zinc, okay. the things that I learned about in the process after being so sick, the motivator for me, the big motivator, and I write about this a little bit humorously in my book, women will will, will tell you we're okay with starving, right? <laughs> we're okay with being lightheaded as long as we're thin and beautiful. What helped me change was depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. I was just the obsessive compulsive disorder towards the end of the four year, the vegan raw food diet was so bad. I joke in the book and say, I couldn't sit through a movie because I thought I left the stove on. It was that kind of OCD. You know, it was okay. Checking. Hold on, hold on. Did the OCD mm-hmm. manifest prior to uh, the veganism? The veganism caused it because wow. vegan diets were tryptophan deficient diets. <clears throat> what I found out. Okay, is- okay. I got to yeah. tell you, this is this is fun because in almost two years of doing this show. We've never had a healthcare provider even talk about tryptophan. So it's kind of fun to have uh, a yogi, equestrian, ex-vegan bring that up for the first time. Please tell us more about tryptophan, veganism, vegetarianism, and what how it affected you. And this is fun. I'm digging this. Great. Right on. Well, thank you so much. So Dr. Aveda is probably aware some scientists say tryptophan. Um, colloquially in the news and the media, we do say tryptophan. And I like the idea of the tryptophan diet plan. We switched to eat meat and be happy. But so what happened is I had OCD. It was horrible. It was just consuming me. In my book, I, I am very lighthearted. You know, I talk about how small my butt was and how how you know beautiful and skinny I was on, on vegan, but I was crazy, so nobody wanted to have sex with me. You know, I do try to use a sense of humor about the experience. But what ended up really happening was I was so depressed and I was just crying and crying. <laughs> and I simply was upstairs. I remember in my bathroom, like we all are sometimes with our phone, and I, I just googled uh, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder and nutrition, and tryptophan came up. Tryptophan deficiency as being the, yeah. So tryptophan is an essential amino acid that for humans is only available in animal proteins. The only plant-based food that has even minute quantities, and they are so minute, it's referred to as ND or non-detectable, is soy. Soy is an excellent feed for animals. They can absorb the tryptophan and it increases the tryptophan content in their their cell structure. So what I did is I, I went down the rabbit hole of tryptophan, serotonin. I, uh, I I called the Wortman Lab. In my first couple of weeks of research, the very first thing I learned is I learned that a pure meat diet does not provide brain tryptophan and that humans evolved on carbohydrates 7,500 years ago for brain tryptophan to induce serotonin. That was the first thing I learned. Um, I, uh, so most people, you know, think of tryptophan, uh, as, uh, you know, what makes us sleepy after we have Thanksgiving dinner and, and we're always told it's in the Turkey and it makes us sleepy. Um, so 
you know, unpack for us a little bit, because here you are saying lack of tryptophan makes you depressed. Um, mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, that would seem a little counterintuitive to everyone who's only heard that tryptophan is what makes you sleepy after eating a whole bunch of turkey. Sure. Great, great way to, because there's there are two different types of serotonin. There's brain serotonin and blood serotonin. The essential amino acid tryptophan is only in animal protein. So in order to produce blood serotonin, we, we must have it always for life. Uh, humans, all humans evolved on meat. We know this from science. It's, it's considered the first step in the evolution of the human brain out of a primate type brain is the consumption of animal proteins on a regular basis. Dr. Richard Rangham out of Harvard uh, further elaborates in his book, Catching Fire, How Cooking Made Us Human, how we started cooking meat in order to develop, you know, we, the more meat we ate and the more we worked together as a community, the more we induced dopamine. He doesn't talk very much about tryptophan or serotonin. Tryptophan in and of itself, we always get from animal proteins. Tryptophan is the only substance that makes serotonin. Serotonin is the only substance that makes melatonin. Melatonin controls the, our sleep in, in, in tune with the circadian rhythms of the sun and, you know, sun going into night. So, I was not so much into dopamine. I learned about dopamine when I wrote Eat Meat and Be Happy, and I have a a whole chapter on dopamine. But for me, I just wanted to get better. I I wanted to heal the OCD, you know, and I wanted to heal the depression. But the OCD is is consuming, not unlike anxiety that I had when I was younger. Anxiety is also a low tryptophan disorder. So what I learned is tryptophan deficiency the number one reason people have tryptophan deficiency is malnutrition. A lack of animal proteins, a lack of dairy, and a lack of eggs will cause tryptophan deficiency. And tryptophan is the only substance that makes a B vitamin niacin. So our body will use tryptophan, available tryptophan, to make niacin before it will make serotonin. So when we talk about insomnia, depression, and even the inability to turn the appetite off, that's low serotonin, low tryptophan. The second way people deplete tryptophan from their system is through consuming alcohol. So alcohol washes tryptophan out of the liver through a process called the tryptophan spiralase. And there's a tremendous amount of research in this area. I'm, I'm, this is not the interview I was expecting. (laughs) That's why I love talking to Kim. So, uh, you know, to continue to unpack this a little bit, you know, a a lot of people will be, uh, you know, familiar with serotonin as sort Mm -hmm. of the happy hormone. Um, It's often, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, the love hormone and it it makes us feel good. Uh, So, you know, basically what you're uh, explaining is that lack of tryptophan leads to lack of serotonin uh, can, you know, Mm -hmm. is going to lead to depression and other problems. Mm -hmm. Yes, including obesity and overeating. So when you earlier, well, I'll I'll go back and, and, and answer that to clarify when you were discussing, and we're hoping to get the book out this fall so we can do it at tryptophan time, right? What we understand about, or what the DeWortman lab and MIT understands about serotonin and tryptophan. We, again, I, earlier I said we have blood tryptophan, we have blood serotonin and brain serotonin. Humans have always had blood tryptophan, right? We've always had blood serotonin. It, it's formed in the digestive system when we eat our food, it's in our intestines, and it's in our bloodstream. In order for serotonin to be induced into the brain, hence the sleepiness after Thanksgiving, 
glucose bearing carbohydrates have to be consumed or we have to engage in intense exercise. Those are two ways to induce serotonin into your brain. It has to do with the blood brain barrier. And what I find fascinating about serotonin and dopamine, all humans evolved on dopamine first because it's the survival neurotransmitter. Dopamine is fight, flight, and duck, or shall we say procreate. Fight, flight, and procreate. (laughs) (laughs) It's pure survival. But from an evolutionary... There was wordplay there, folks. (laughs) Well, you know when you're typing, there's uh, just... Um, I, I find it, I read, a, I read several years ago that when you use wordplay, people tend to remember more. So I, it somehow has accidentally integrated itself into the, <laughs> my, my whole spiel of the Swedish bikini stuff, right? <laughs> so with serotonin and Thanksgiving, it's yes, yes. People tend to eat a lot and they're eating a lot of turkey, but they're also eating mashed potatoes, glucose bearing yeah. carbohydrate, and glucose bearing carbohydrate, right? pumpkin pie, glucose-bearing carbohydrate, that is going to send serotonin right up to your brain. But it, it really is intense exercise and in and uh, the carbohydrate consumption. 7,500 years ago, human civilization took off as we know it because we brought glucose-bearing carbohydrates into our diet. Uh, it induced serotonin into the brain. We stopped being quite so survival-based and we settled down. Home, marriage, monogamy, the human family, our brains had enough energy now because we were consuming small amounts of glucose-bearing carbohydrates, guys. Not MSG, not high fructose corn syrup, okay? Not not soybean oil. We were consuming ancient wheats, you know, pure, the Mesopotamia, uh, the Fertile Crescent. We brought those bread into our diet and that gave our brain more energy gave it serotonin. I think it's important. I think it's important to stop here and and, and, yes. and differentiate because uh, um it's very easy for us to go too far in either direction. There's there's a ditch on either side of the road and we can fall into to both of them. Um humans have been eating grains without getting sick and fat for thousands of years. We know that. That's just, (laughs) it's indisputable fact. Yes. So it's not necessarily the grains, small g, that are the problem. It's that something has happened in the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. And our grains are, are one of the things that has been affected by it. I'm sorry. That's just kind of a big deal. Too. I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot since Dr. O and I have been doing this, sh- this show. And I ate buttloads of, of junky food. What was junky food when I was a kid? And we all did. And we weren't getting obese. And then in, in the early to mid-80s, it was like somebody flicked a switch. And if we go back and we look at agriculture and we look at what's happened in big agra, um, big food, I guess they call it, it, it starts to be obvious what happened. So I, 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 I don't know if I, if I should follow this, this thing that she just opened up, Phil, a little bit, but it's, it's fascinating to me, this idea that, um, 
because of the change in brain chemistry or body chemistry that affected the brain, that's why we were able to stop being hunter-gatherers and, and build cities. I think that's what I'm hearing you say, Kim. Correct. Guns, germs, and seal. Correct. It's called pro-social dietary evolution. I'm going to look that one up. I love this. <laughs> okay, so continuing on with the uh, the getting serotonin into your brain, mm -hmm. um, the various ways and means and so forth and so on. And back to your story. So you're doing all this research. Mm -hmm. You're learning about what's going on in your own body as a result of depriving yourself of animal proteins. So. Yeah. And what happened next? What happened next? What happened next? <laughs> what happened next? Well, I, uh, I just remember... Uh, making an announcement at an all-woman sort of hippie, raw food, vegan potluck one night in September of, I think, 2011, or was it 2010? It was 2010. It was the fall of 2010. Because it was New Year's Eve 2010. I almost died of anemia. I woke up the next day, had barbecue, felt better. So it was, you know, healing by barbecue. And I heard being in a friend's house, who's this is quite famous and lovely human being. I mean, these people mean well. It's not like vegetarians and vegans don't mean well. They mean well. They believe their job. They 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 grok it. They got it. They want it to be real. So I'm at this house with like these luminary, amazing, you know, artistic women, and I made this announcement and I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm 41 years old and I was chosen to be in Playboy. I'm gonna write a book. <laughs> and everybody just sort of looked at me and clapped. And I decided to write a book on serotonin and eating meat. So I just started researching. I connected with Dr. Wortman, Drs. Judith and Richard Wortman of MIT. Uh, the Wortman Lab is was is was formerly the foremost serotonin lab in the world. They were received lots of funding. Serotonin controls the appetite. And what what they were getting funding for at MIT was to make a diet drug, and they couldn't sure. couldn't do it. And these are two PhD MDs, okay, who are the foremost, and you know why you can't make a diet drug from serotonin? Because you can't make life in a laboratory. Tryptophan is life. It only comes from animal proteins. And when it has been tried to be genetically manipulated or, or not manipulated, but produced yeah. from, uh, people died, people died from it. So tryptophan for me, I guess I'm just like the Joan of Arc tryptophan for some strange reason. It just became my world and everything got better. You know, my whole life changed. I, I'd been smoking marijuana for anxiety. I gave that up entirely. I just celebrated, you know, 12 years marijuana free. Um, I don't drink alcohol. I took up coffee, but I can't drink coffee because my anemia. I, I think that the things that people, women need to hear about more particular, more so than men, is the absolute importance of keeping red meat with myoglobin, with heme in it, um, a heme iron. There are two different types of iron, non-heme iron and heme iron. We only get heme iron from animal proteins. Meat, red meat, lamb, and beef are our best sources. We've got to keep that in the female diet. We've got to keep it in the diet of children, you know, in elementary school, junior high, high school. And we need to start talking about the absolute importance of it in preventing depression, in preventing um, anxiety with young women today. So the vegan and vegetarian diets are tryptophan deficient. 
And the only way we can get the essential amino acid to produce serotonin, this pro-social inhibitory neurotransmitter, is through the consumption of these animal proteins. And even taking it one step further and learning about substances that deplete serotonin, heroin and cannabis are both serotonergic drugs, and they deplete the endocannabinoid endo opioid system that's now being coined the endocannabinoid system is the body when you take the alkaloid in that's in cannabis. And this was the area I I looked into last because I didn't want to know this to be true. Yeah. I wrote a chapter and I was like, oh, gosh, darn it. Gosh, darn it. You know, when you're on that search and you find something you don't want to know, the system, the active alkaloid in cannabis, what it does is it releases serotonin from your cells and it sends it to the endo-opioid system because it thinks you're dying. So we're tricking our body. Whoa, 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 whoa. Have... Mm-hmm. Pot. I, I know we've got cannabinoid receptors. Yes, sir. Opioid. Um, same thing. They're the okay. same thing. All right. And and what pot does, r- just run that whole thing by me again. It it triggers. You want to change gears because. I, I remember I was talking to Dr. O the other day and I got to, got to rein me in. No, this I'm, is good. I this, think is, this, is it's, this is different, Kim. Nobody yeah. talks about this on this show. That's there's, been a, there's been a dearth of, of, of serotonin and pot talk on, the, on this show and we need to fix that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I, and when I'm, when I'm talking about it, it's, if we look at the, because I was a deadhead. I mean, I, I I saw I was on tour for years, and I knew I knew Stanley Owsley, the you know progenitor of LSD as we know it. He ate nothing but rare meat, raw meat, red meat, rare meat. He ate nothing but meat. He was a true carnivore. And I remember I met him in 1991, and I was sitting on a like on a concrete thing waiting for the show to start. And he walks in, he goes, "Hey, do you want to go backstage?" And I said, "Sure." And he's telling he's Owsley, you know, and I don't know who it is. And he introduces me to this guy, Cosmic Charlie, and then, you know, I took him backstage. Anyway, at the end of the night, Alsley's got this giant tray of meat that he's just cutting into and eating. And the whole hippie movement is vegetarian, 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 vegetarian. Alsley is a carnivore. And pure carnivore. Oh, pure. my God. This may be the best thing I've heard, well, certainly this year. And okay. you know why he was a pure carnivore? Please tell us. Because LSD and marijuana both it release tryptophan and serotonin to go to your uh, endocannabinoid endo opioid system, whereas LSD LSD works more on the uh, brainstem type amygdala as well. It's a little it's a little bump up from cannabis, and it's a little dope too. I don't understand the whole thing about how LSD works at all, but I never asked him. I didn't even use LSD back then. I didn't try LSD for the first time until 1993 at the Philly Spectrum when they broke out with Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I'm pretty sure it was Orange Sunshine from Cosmic Charlie. But the interesting about Owsley, again, he ate nothing but meat. And he talked to me about this. And I remember him saying- Was, he still, me, making, was he still making LSD? We no longer have LSD because he's, he got killed in a bicycle. I think he was hit by a car while he was riding his bicycle. He was in a car accident and he died. We no longer have LSD. Okay. LSD is gone. As we knew it, it's gone. It died with him. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, he died with him. He died, I think he died before Jerry. 
maybe died after Jerry. I don't know. It hasn't been my world for a long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I remember flashing back on Owsley telling me about why he eats meat. And he was talking about tryptophan, serotonin, and replacing how important it is to get those vitamins in your body, especially if you're going to use drugs. And he didn't like cannabis at all. He thought, he thought cannabis was not a good drug, but he thought LSD was, you know, God's, right. God's drug. And it's solid muscle, solid, no fat. His wife, gorgeous, solid muscle. She was a carnivore too. They looked like superheroes out of a, a Boris Vallejo book. They looked oh great. God, this is, this is, I, you know, I read uh, the, uh, the Technicolor, what is it? The Tom Wolf's book about the, the. Played as. Whatever electric that acid trip, the electric Kool Aid acid trip. Uh, uh, yeah, um, yes. and uh, you know this Osley is a minor character in the in the uh, whole story, but he's obviously <laughs> central to the whole thing. Oh um, yes, he. <laughs> and it's just blo- it's mind blowing that this guy figured out mm-hmm. the the <laughs> nutritional. Mm-hmm counterbalance i guess we could call it exactly to his particular uh hobby <laughs> yes Very i'm gonna uh yeah i gotta jump in and say you know of all the reasons that i've heard uh you know to go carnivore all the benefits to being carnivore uh th- this is a new one to me you know kind of counteracting the nutritional effects of lsd uh but you know, I, I think uh, it kind of shows us, you know, all of the benefits of eating animal proteins. Eating Good God, it's incredible. So, um, yeah, you can that info. Yeah, th- this is amazing. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I guess uh, let's shift gears a little bit, uh, but I want to really continue, you know, with your experiences, your stories. Uh, so, you go from basically vegan to carnivore, and you're probably mm-hmm. the third or fourth guest we've had on that, you know, has, has, uh, you know, made that switch, uh, done that 180. Um, and, uh, kind of tell us about, you know, that experience, uh, and, you know, what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of response you got from your community about that. And, uh, and, you know, you can kind of fast forward to today. Uh, anyone that follows you on social media will see that you're often, being attacked by the vegans and and kind of uh, fighting with the vegans, uh, it, it's typically pretty amusing because uh, you're not a reserved, shy person. So uh, you do it in a very entertaining way. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, that part of the journey from vegan to carnivore. Sure. Well, my whole life was this hippie yoga, you know, wealthy, white, hippie drug using older people, the deadhead, you know, scene, crunchy, crunchy, we call it. And I have nothing to do with that anymore. It's gone 100%. Um, really, my experience with just eating meat, I think, I think I did a lot of barbecued chicken thighs to begin with, just a lot of barbecued chicken thighs, because I really love thigh meat, and which has more iron and more zinc, because it has more myoglobin in it. The dark meat is, you know, for the my- with the myoglobin. And, and of course, it tastes the- better. <laughs> Oh, I know. Right. Oh, it's delicious, especially with the skin on. Oh, so what I did is I followed this thing called that I was calling the tryptophan diet plan. And 
in order to produce serotonin, there are what are called nutritional cofactors. So interestingly enough, beef, meat, chicken, beef, meat has all of almost all of them. So the only nutritional cofactors that uh, are not in meat are vitamin C, folate, which is one of the eight B vitamins, potassium and magnesium. Now you talk to carnivores and they'll tell you that they get all of that from meat. And I think that's great. And, and, you know, especially women, as we get older, dealing with our autoimmune stuff, with our myalgia and our pain and, you know, and that meat just is healing people left and right. Dr. O sees it. We see it all the time in our carnivore community on Twitter. And it's so wonderful to hear that. My focus really was to make serotonin. So I made sure that I listened to, you know, Dr. Wortman, 79 year old Dr. Wortman, who's like, no, Cam, you can't just eat meat. She's this adorable little Jewish woman. So I, I have always kept fruit a part of my diet. In the beginning, I was eating carbohydrates. I was eating like immaculate baking company, cinnamon rolls and stuff. And as time went on, I just started letting go more of carbohydrates. You know, I do eat carbohydrates when I want, but now I eat 80% animal protein, you know, meat, 200 to 400 grams of red meat a day, uh, egg. I don't, I don't overdo the eggs. I'm not a big overdo the egg thing. The egg thing kind of gives me a headache if I eat too many eggs, yogurt every day, but I, I fresh juice, grapefruit because I learned that these are the foods you have to have to produce serotonin. So I like pate, but I'm not going to sit here and eat raw liver with a fork. I don't want to, I like to juice grapefruits, right. And eat grapes. So my focus really is how to produce serotonin. And science tells us that nutritional cofactors are necessary for neurotransmitter production. Interestingly enough, um, and I want to hear what Dr. O has to say about this. Something I learned about when I wrote the book was homocysteine and methionine. Methionine is an essential amino acid found in greatest quantities in meat, animal protein. Folate, it, it requires both B12 and folate to reconvert. reconvert. Homocysteine is a byproduct. It's called a waste product. But our bodies are so efficient, it will reconvert to a usable protein with sufficient quantities of folate and B12. So things that things that were important to me were how to how to maintain B12. Well, B12 is water soluble. So I do raw meat. I eat a lot of raw meat. You know, I eat raw filet. I chop at Whole Foods. I know the farmer who produces the meat for Whole Foods. You know, he's a friend of mine. We talk every day. I'll be filming him in my docuseries. And he's the largest producer of natural beef in the Western region for whole foods. So that the, you know, I do a lot of raw tartar because I want B12. My whole focus is I want to make serotonin. You know, I, I remember what Owsley told me. I know what I've gone through in my life. Tonight, I'm going to have some homemade organic pancakes because I didn't sleep very well last night. I know if I eat carbohydrates around four o'clock, I will sleep through the night very, very well because I've got enough serotonin. And if I do pure carnivore, I'm like, let me look at, I'm on fire anyway, right? If I eat pure oh. carnivore through the roof. So, but I think the homocysteine for heart health, cardiovascular health is really important. Folate is very, very important. Folate is called folate from the word foliage. So I know that lots of carnivores say, I get it from liver. I get it from liver and that's cool. But I like to get my folate from grapefruits, oranges, tangerines, lemons. Yeah. So, you know, uh, to expand on that, you know, homocysteine, um, if, when it's elevated, that's a significant risk factor for the development of heart disease. 
And the reason it gets elevated, like you were talking about, is you know typically B12 uh, or folate deficiency. Um, and again, we see this. Um, you know, uh, it, it oftentimes sometimes can be an absorption problem, um, and um, B12 uh, folate deficiency can also lead to anemia. Uh, so there's a, a linkage there. Um, but uh, homocysteine is definitely uh, an important uh, uh, an important molecule when it comes to heart health, uh, keeping that in proper balance. Well, I, Good. Heard about is, it. <laughs> okay. All right. So you, I, I want to go back to this party where you announced that that. Uh, oh yes, thank you. <laughs> you you've, yeah. Let's go back to the party. I believe it was New, New Year's 2010 or 11. You said. Yeah. You've so got all the, these you got all these friends around you who are all um, morally <laughs> convinced vegetarians or vegans and you dropped a turd in the punch bowl i'm guessing i dropped a turd in the punch bowl what a great analogy spiritually my peer group has had been for most of my life spiritual you know seekers and really great people you know i mean amazing people people that hung out with terence mckenna and uh Tom Robbins, you know, I mean, just brilliant, brilliant people we read and we love. And, and this was their peer group. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I lost every one of them. I'm not friends with any of them. I, I do have a spiritual group that was an offshoot of that with Mo Siegel and, and Celestial Seasonings. And um, so, it, but, it, but everybody eats meat, you know, there aren't any weird dietary restrictions. What happened was, that fall, I just began researching and writing the book. I started talking to Dr. Wortman, exchanging emails. I started talking to Drew Ramsey, Dr. Drew Ramsey, who had writ written a great book on healing depression with fat and meat and talking about serotonin formation. Um, he wrote a great article in The Atlantic on seed oils and the, the switch from tallow to seed oils. It's a really good article. Uh, if you can Google it or I'll send it to you. Um, I, I quote him in the book. I quote that article in my book. So he and I talked, I spoke with Dr. Frank Mittliner. I just really went for it. I went for three areas, human health, um, animal welfare, and the sustainability of farming animals for food, pure research. That following, I'm trying to think, like it was another, I think it was another year of like, I just let everybody go. You know, I, I just. Okay, I real just, quick, real quick. So. Yeah. What was what was the transition from vegan to well not vegan? How what was what was the physical experience? What was the emotional experience? What was the mental experience? And how long did it last? Uh, well, it part of it for well, it was me getting in my Land Rover and driving to Whole Foods and buying the lamb. Not you know. Well, but you said you said you almost died of anemia yeah. on. In yeah. New, yeah. late 2010 or something. And and I'm guessing that was a triggering event. 2009, switching to 2010. That was a triggering event. That summer I had a stroke on um, cannabis oil and mushrooms. That the was summer the prior or the summer following? Summer following almost dying of anemia on Christmas. I had a stroke. Okay. In the middle of the night, I woke up, half my body was paralyzed and I was blind in one eye. 
Uh, and you were still and, at and that you point. waited you waited 35 minutes to tell us this <laughs> well ask the question it was the chronological answer <laughs> but you no. were you were still pretty much vegan at that point i was going back and forth because i think the point that's being made here is the social support structure was my life and my friends and i was also you know using substances with them because i was a a cool kid hippie with all the cool kids and I remember feeling so emotionally awful earlier that summer. I remember because I read an article in Vanity Fair that Eric Clapton wrote, and he was talking about how he had given up drugs, you know, because because giving up my vegan, vegetarian, pure group lifestyle was about giving up marijuana. And I wanted to give it up, but my whole life was that my friends, my identity, my music, my everything, aesthetic. and. <laughs> he wrote he said his child had jumped had accidentally fought, jumped yeah. out falling out of a it's a great i bought his book it's a great book he said he got down on the floor because his girlfriend it was when his girlfriend told him told him she was pregnant with that little boy that sadly lost his life he said i got down on the floor i beat the floor and i said god i don't ever want to use drugs again well i did that and didn't work <laughs> you know and not that disparaging i love that passage from eric clapton's book and that was the beginning of me really wanting to change my life. I didn't understand that the vegan vegetarian lifestyle wasn't providing me with the raw materials for my brain, for my mental health, for my, yeah, I didn't have any serotonin. I was, and I was losing it. It was going way faster on the vegan diet because the, what happens as my cardiologist confirmed is for women, as we're aging, we are sucking the life out of our tissues, literally. And on a vegan vegetarian diet, you are sucking tryptophan, heme iron, and zinc out of your tissues, B vitamins. And that's, then it goes, you know how nutritious and hard it is to eat. It's your body it doesn't go to your cellulite on your butt. I joke about it. If it wants nutrition, it's going to eat this. Cara Otis, the, the famous supermodel, uh, suffers from a hole in her heart from it, uh, from anorexia. She writes about it in her book. But I had a stroke. And I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was paralyzed on one side of my body because I remember going to sleep after eating this chocolate mushroom that my beautiful hippie friend gave me. And I took this cannabis tincture her husband had made with kerosene on the hood of his G Mercedes wagon. You know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And I just like half my body doesn't work. I don't remember which side. And I had a puppy at the time and I had to take him out because he was crying. And it was in Newfoundland. So it's a lot of pee and a lot of poop. So I remember crawling down the stairs. I felt like the creature from the ring and, and crawling outside. It was July. And I mean, I was tripping. Like everything was green. And like there were, you could see the fairies popping up. And I'm just laying there on the grass while he runs around and pees and poops. And he, bless his heart, he just licked me and loved me. I came back inside. I laid on the couch and I said, God, if I wake up, I'm going to lay here because if I get in an ambulance, I'll have a heart attack and I can't leave the dog. And I'm a seasoned drug user. So I just laid on the couch, woke up and I was fine. I was fine. So that was the moment where I knew something had to change. And I remembered Owsley. I remember how much meat Owsley ate. I just got in. I, I, I'm sorry, yes. but here we are talking about metabolic health with a cardiac surgeon yes. and th the, the pivotal moment in your life yes. is from the guy 
who became the world's biggest LSD manufacturer and distributor, and for all intents and purposes, brought it into the culture. And he's the guy who showed you the, the his his memory inspired you to get metabolically healthy. This is Bill. This is we need more guests like this. This is awesome. You never know where the the uh, journey is going to lead you. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Okay, so yeah, so let's uh we we want to definitely get the rest of it out though. So uh you you basically you realize you have to change, you start eating meat, you start incorporating meat into your diet. Um yeah. you know, how uh what what improvements did you get? How long did it take? You know, what what was that um was it really a quick, you know, kind of, uh, I went from vegan to not vegan, or was it kind of more of a gradual transition? When I was chosen for Playboy at 41, I announced to my friends that I was going to write a book. And I remember sitting in front of the computer, not even knowing how to write a book, right? So I decided it was going to be on serotonin. Research really became so much fun. And talking to all these luminaries, such as Dr. Mittliner, such as such as Dr. Ramsey, such as Dr. Wortman, um, you know, meat scientists from I, I just had such a good time doing this. And when the when it, 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 I started in September. I remember February 14th, I went to a like Grateful Dead concert with this really handsome, really good looking guy who was not someone I was going to date, but really handsome and really good looking, but he wasn't the one. And I remember it was Valentine's Day and I'm just thinking, I don't want to be here. I want to be home with the Newfoundland. And I took a hit and I hadn't smoked in months and I, I took a hit and I'm like, I don't want to be here. It, it gave me my OCD again. As soon as I took a hit on I didn't understand the serotonin meat cannabis thing. I didn't understand that I was losing serotonin every time. That's why people die from heroin is they run out of serotonin and their heart stops beating. So I just had a horrible panic attack on February 14th, 12 years ago. It's my 12 year anniversary. And I came home and I just said, that's it. I'm done. Dit. I'm doing this meat thing. I am just, I'm not smoking marijuana anymore. I'm totally going to work on making my body healthy and making serotonin naturally. And what, ha what I ended up reading in my research is two things really helped me. One thing that I talk about in my book is 50-50. Nature nurtures 50-50. So even if we've wrecked our body, we have a 50% recovery rate because we're, we're like weevils. I use the, I use the, the weevils euphemism. We're, we're, I think I'm older than you, but we're close to the same age, I think. And when we were little, we had weevils. So I think, you know, you have to think of our health as a weevil. And serotonin is going to keep you upright and that nature nurtures 50 50. So I really, I, I loved that nature nurture concept. And it was when you're doing research, you go down a rabbit hole. I mean, um, the, the two, now we are now I think we're into 2012. I had a whole year of research and writing, um, and just really focusing on serotonin in my diet. In my studies, I learned through eating disorder recovery is it can take a woman 24 months to reuptake tryptophan, B12, serotonin, and heme iron. Do you mean get back to the point of, of normal, of, of what the normal biochemical processes are? Yes. Okay. 
what studies have shown, and this is Walter Kay, there are two, he came out of Pennsylvania, which by coincidence, I believe it's the, um, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, I can't remember their names. Students of Richard and Judith from MIT also have a serotonin clinic at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. K moved from Pennsylvania to San Diego, but he still works with them. This woman's on, I want to say Furman, but it's not Furman. She's on the Today, she used to do speaking engagements on the Today Show. Her, her, their area is diet, right? We're all, everybody's trying to make you lose weight with serotonin, but no one's come up with a solution. So I talked to Dr. K and I looked at his research. What they discovered with women who have eating disorders, eating disorders are tryptophan deficient disorders. So is suicide. Is whoever, whenever someone commits suicide, it's because they have extremely low tryptophan. They know this by pulling spinal column fluid and testing it. Eating disorder women will lapse back into eating disorder behavior in as little as six hours if they're tryptophan deficient. So we're talking about the most important nutrient to human life is tryptophan. And the food we get it from also has B12, also has zinc, also has heme iron. So why would we ever give up meat, dairy, and eggs? Why? We can't. It's impossible. It's wrong. It's biochemically invalid. Um, and, and for me, that whole first year was great. You know, I, I had more energy. I felt better. My hair grew. My hair wasn't really growing yet. I was drinking a lot of coffee. I, I quit drinking coffee at some point, but it was great. I, you know, everything was going really, really, really well. And I uh, quit, you know, I was two years into quitting marijuana and I, I met a really nice man and we had a relationship for six years and he financially supported me so I could write my book. And it was really great. Like a lot of really good magical things happened without drugs and with eating meat. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what are you up to today? Gosh, I have a couple of phone calls in a little bit. No, I don't mean today, today. I mean, what's okay. what is what's going on in Kim, in Kim Medic's life now? I'm pretty much, I, I eat meat. Like I have a freezer full of beef, you know, and or lamb, um, duck. I, I think about semolalanine. If I'm mispronouncing it, Dr. O, please. Thank you. Homocysteine. Thank you. Uh, Dopamine is created through phenylalanine. Duck meat has a lot of phenylalanine in it. Lamb does. I love to learn about the nutrients in the food. Um, as a social media person with Eat Meat and Be Happy, you know, I'll be producing a docuseries this spring and summer. Um, and that'll be really fun, you know, to, to tell the story of, uh, to debunk vegan and vegetarian myths. So right now I'm... Uh, well, you're going to make, you're, you're going to make more enemies than you, than you have, but... I are, yeah. It's been crazy the past three years. It's been pretty, yeah, it's, it's been pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're bad, but that's low serotonin, right? That's low serotonin. You know, I, I, I love that explanation because one of the things I've noticed, we've got a guest coming on in a couple of months who I just stumbled onto. Uh, she goes by the, the handle of recovering vegan she's a she's a she appears to be from all intents and purposes a, a kind and lovely woman who genuinely cares about her health and the health of her friends yes. and the amount of vitriol that i see 
mm-hmm. on her on the, in, in response to the things she says mm-hmm. is just it's awful. And to to have an explanation other than these are horrible human beings, mm-hmm. I I really like your explanation that they're serotonin deficient. Of course they're mm-hmm. exactly they're angry in- and depressed <laughs> and. Yeah, I mean, and, and to you know bring that kind of all around, you know, uh, we we've had Christopher Palmer on, who's a uh, psychiatrist, and you know talks about the relationship uh, with mental health and and you know curing <laughs> serious mental health problems with ketogenic uh, diets. Uh, so you know, it, it it all adds up. Uh, it all you know really comes together and tells the story well. And uh, I think you can't get away from the fact that, you know, meat is essential to the human diet and uh, we should not be shying away from eating it. Not at all, especially when it's such a sustainably produced food. I'm so I had been trying to work on a documentary film called Eat Meat Be Happy for years and I could not. But like I just couldn't get it off the ground. And finally, I was able to and and in the post-COVID world, you know, now it's a docuseries, which is great. I'm totally fine with that. And what will be really fun being a lifelong equestrian and being outside most of my life is going to be showing people how sustainable beef is, how sustainable lamb is, and how ethically, first of all, I say there are no factory farms. And Temple Grandin agrees with me. There's I've interviewed Temple. There's no such thing as Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick, tell the audience who Temple Grandin is. This well, is- Temple Grandin is a uh, scientist from CSU here at Colorado Springs, and she was born autistic, and she has autism, like Rain Man autism. Okay. Um, she doesn't have my parents are sending me to a special school because I don't get along with the kids sitting next to me autism, which, and I, I'm not being glib, but I'm simply stating that when you sit with Dr. Grandin, you're talking to Raymond from Rain Man, you know, yeah. but her savant, her savant click is animals and she feels and understands them. So Temple Grandin, Dr. Temple Grandin redesigned the slaughterhouse system for McDonald's. She has is consulted on all she has she's done with animal welfare a little bit like what I grokked with with serotonin. Only her, she is just she's such a fascinating person to talk to. First of all, yeah. you ask her a question, the answer to she says, That's not my area of expertise, and I need to look into that before I can get back to you. But she she really understands behavior, such as the hugging, and it works on dogs. You know, you got to hold them tight. They need to be hugged. And she talks about how it works with horses. You know, the the release of oxytocin in an animal's brain through loving touch is only possible through feeding them. She understands the importance, which is, you know, in our carnivore community, Dr. O, the importance of feeding grain. You know why we feed grain to animals? It allowed us to domesticate them. You know why? It puts serotonin into their brain. So Dr. Grant is clear on the biochemistry of animal behavior and the importance of feeding grain. They're, if we don't feed them grain, they're wild. They won't, they'll kill us. They won't come near us. They're scared. The grain calms them down. And she understands this because of her autism. So she's a brilliant human being. It was such a gift to sit down with her. I had 15 minutes and she loved me. So she gave me 45 or an hour or something. 
I mean, she just wouldn't stop talking. Her handler had to, you know, because she just adored me so much to talk about. But it will be really great to be here in Colorado. And I'm I'm traveling from Colorado through Nevada to a ranch, a huge ranch in Nevada, where this couple has six kids, right? Five boys and one girl. And they are all on horseback. They're homeschooled. They're all out there. Show people the beauty of nature. And being outside every day with the animals and how well cared for the animals are. You know, it's really important that people see the truth of nature, you know, and because the farmers truly are the, the caretakers. They are the stewards of the environment. And, and to farm is the most noble profession because they're feeding us. But we should probably differentiate between uh, farms uh, that... Uh engage in in uh, regenerative methods and uh giant multi-section farms where they have a monocrop that destroys everything in a few years the last hopefully, hopefully that goes without saying but yeah the last chapter of my book is on organics so i've been pro-organic uh since i've been 18 years old and did research on how the uh, uh defense system the chemical warfare system was dumped into the agricultural system and the Bosch method, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a whole other world. I'm going to, I'm going to start a different podcast just so (laughs) that we can, we can get all these other stories. This sounds, this is, this is really fun. This is fascinating. Okay. So you've got a book in the works uh, called eat meat, be happy recipes for a more meat diet. Recipes for a more meat diet. Right. Um, Michelle, doctor you broke up there just a minute say that again i just said i'm a chef not a scientist or a doctor all right well (laughs) uh frankly there's we've opened up so many really interesting subjects i could make this i could keep asking questions partly because these are things i've never even heard of before i love the 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 serotonin centric approach it's yes that's that's fascinating to me never heard that before don't know if it's legit or not but it's certainly <laughs> fascinating i dig it phil yeah no, it, how I, do we wrap I, this up I, I don't know how we wrap this one up jack but um just i mean uh you know i i can't wait for the book uh i think it's going to be a uh you know, a different spin on uh, carnivore and why it's so beneficial, um, which will add to the very long list that we already have. Um, and uh, the docuseries, you know, all of that uh, should be great. Uh, and uh, just, yeah, thanks for a great conversation, Kim. This was, uh, th- this certainly went places that uh, I, I didn't expect. Um, but all fascinating stuff. And like Jack said, we could, could probably continue this for another two hours uh, <laughs> going down some of these rabbit holes. Uh, so tell people uh, where to find you. Oh, well, you can find Kem Minnick on Twitter, Kem Minnick on Instagram, the Swedish Bikini Chef on TikTok. I have a new website coming out soon and I'll have that link up on those three sites. Um, we're getting ready to glow up, level up YouTube. There's nothing much on there now, but I'm out there. You'll see me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. Well, Kim, it's been a, it's been an unexpected pleasure. I didn't know what to, I had no idea what to expect here. And I was, uh, frankly, I was blown away. 
Thank you. I think that I think that the the LSD guru. <laughs> there's a movie just in those <laughs> handful of scenes that you painted for us. There, totally unexpected, probably fiction, <laughs> but nevertheless. All right. Real life. <laughs> Well, thanks for being with us on the uh, Stay Off My Operating Table podcast. For those of you who want to know more about Kim, we'll have that information in the show notes. And uh, for those who need to dig a little deeper to take care of your own health, to take responsibility for yourself, great place to start is at Dr. Ovedia's website, ifixhearts.com. You'll find his metabolic health test there where you can do a self-evaluation and kind of get a score. How am I? How much better do I need to be? Why do I feel crappy? And I'm going to put in a plug for Kim's book. Keep an eye out for uh, Eat, Meat, Be Happy. Soon, I hope. I, I want a pre-print version as soon as you can get it to me. We hope this fall. You absolutely. Yes, let's talk again. All right. Uh, that'll do it for today. And we will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much. Chances are you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't need to change your life and get healthier. So take action right now. Book a call with Dr. Avadia's team. One small step in the right direction is all it takes to get started. Contact us at ifixhearts.com slash talk. That's ifixhearts.com slash talk.